Today on The Breakdown, we've got a whole host of things for you. First of all, the hand itself. Holy magolies, it's Garrett Edelstein versus Daniel Negreanu on high-stakes poker. Lots of money, lots of pride, lots of anger, eh, at least internally. We don't know what's going on, but it could be. But there's more this episode because we're going to talk about cheating in poker. And it's a very timely episode, a very special episode, some might say, of the Poker Guys Breakdown Podcast. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Close enough. There's a lot of things that have been happening very recently in the poker world. On Twitter, um, big name players coming out making accusations, and we are going to talk about that as well. And one of us will have kind of native ears, nascent little innocent ears, doesn't know a whole lot about some of this. We're going to get some fresh reactions from Grant Dennison on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I'm not exactly sure what you were referring to with the fresh ears. I do know a lot about the scandals, but I guess there's some stuff that's been going on on Discord that you didn't let me look at. That's correct. I I prevented you from learning about one thing, which we're going to see. I I wanted you to have a fresh reaction to it. I definitely oversold that a little bit. I was fully expecting this. Um, Of course, you do know about all the other stuff completely. And this I intentionally stopped you from learning about. (laughs) So, you know, in the past, we've done a lot of podcasts that talk about something topical in the poker world. And, you know, as, as the poker guys, the way our workflow works is a little inside baseball, but whatever, is we, we often record episodes three weeks to a month before they actually air. Correct. So then the topical thing no longer is topical, mm-hmm. um, although still interesting, certainly. Uh, in this case, with the cheating thing, this feels like a pretty big deal. We decided we wanted to push this one out, so this is coming out on Monday the 25th. We had planned on having other podcasts come out and recording the new ones that would come out later, but now... As it so happens, we recorded a, a podcast featuring mm. Ali Msirovich, who is certainly going to be a main character in our cheating discussion. Um, and that, that comes out on the 9th. And when we recorded that podcast, we were maybe like satellite aware of certain accusations that had been kind of leveled against Tim and Schindler for a little bit, but in minor ways. Mm-hmm. But the big time hammers hadn't come down yet. So we didn't even really talk about it then. And we weren't really thinking about that in any case. We we're just talking about the poker, which I still think applies in that case. I don't think there is any possible way he was cheating in that hand. Um, and it wouldn't really make any sense to, to worry about it. But just so everybody knows, it's not like we're unaware of the cheating scandal when that comes out. We just recorded it before it became a bigger deal. Yes. And it's an interesting thing where it's, it's kind of started with this Ali stuff, which wasn't very long ago. Well, it's always been tied to Ali and Jake Schindler, right? And, yes. Um, but Ali seems to take the brunt of it for one reason or another. He's slightly more successful, perhaps, in recent years. Um, I think, yeah, I'm not sure why that is. Um, I don't know enough about you know, the, all the inside baseball on that, to be clear. But yes, Jake and Ali definitely both taken some hits lately. And that started, but it seems like then today, as we're recording, two other things have happened. Where two other players have come out on Twitter and called out other folks. Well, let's uh, let's let's keep everybody in the loop here. It's, it's Thursday, good. April twenty first, at the time that we're recording right. here. So, uh, plenty of new stuff might have come out by the time this releases. Too. Do you want to talk about the Ali stuff first, and then we'll get into? Yeah, it. let's, let's just not spend too much time on that because there's a, there's kind of some chunky. Stuff yeah, to we, get yeah, into. we we will. And there's some other. I want to talk about the Kale Burns thing too. Who's of not accused of cheating? I want to say that. Right. Uh, first and foremost. Um, but so Ali Msirovich and Jake Schindler have been accused of, for many years now, apparently, using RTAs uh, in online sure. poker. Real-time assistance. Real-time assistance, which is basically GTO bots that help you make decisions in real time, which are banned by all sorts of different uh, online companies that, that run poker sites for good reason. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, there's, there's further cheating, especially with Ali. He's known to have like a stable of horses. Um, that he plays final tables for, right? Yes. Uh, so he's like, get me deep, and then I'll win the tournament for you, and then they, they get like a little cut or something. All sorts of multi-accounting things like that. And then, of course, there's like the speculation that he's doing some live stuff, like the thing with Paul Fua, which I think you actually... Oh, yeah, with him supposedly yeah. looking at Paul Fua's cards in the Super High Roller Bowl. This is at the final table, I believe, where um, Jake... Oh, sorry, Ali opened, and uh, Fua's sitting on his left, and Fua folds ace-five with the ace of diamonds, and somebody calls. I think it's Volkelsang, but I don't remember in the big blind. And the flop is, I believe, it's, I think it's all diamonds, and it's like four, six, seven, or something like that. Um, so Fua had the perfect blockers. Exactly. 
Uh, maybe it was a gut shot and, and the nut flush draw kind of thing. Yeah. He had the per- so then um, Ali bets, Vogelsang raises an Ali three bets, like really big. With like a nothing hand? With, with ace nine, no nothing going on, right? And so that was seen. And there's a, there's a shot of him where he seems to be looking at Paul Fua's, like, you know, sort of hand. But I don't know that the, I don't believe the shot that I saw anyways and no means like reasonable proof that he could see anything. You could make a case that even if he could see Paul Fu's hand, that he's allowed to see Paul Fu's hand if Paul Fu isn't correctly protecting his cards. Um, still, he then started wearing sunglasses not long after that, and one could reasonably surmise, whether this is true or not, that he was doing that because some of his friends or someone, or even he himself saw that, like, oh, it, you can kind of see that I'm doing that, and I don't want people to notice. And then people started calling him out on it after that. Right. Um, and then this all really exploded because of Alex Foxen's accu- accusations of mostly Ali, but also mm-hmm. other other top pros like Jake Schindler, yeah. of using RTAs and calling for uh, a new committee to be formed to blacklist players, yes. which is that call has been echoed by a lot of high stakes pros. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's where this all started. Okay. But just today, a whole shitstorm has has risen. I feel like this is is gonna be coming for a while now. Like, there's it's more than just these guys, right? If, right. If they're doing it. So, um, Bakes, who's David Baker, who's super nice guy. One of the David Bakers. Yeah, the young David Baker. Uh, super, super friendly, nice guy. Are you sure it's the young one? I am. Okay. I am. Uh, so, he tweeted five hours ago. This is small time, honestly, compared to what we're about to do, but I just want to make sure we include it. Um, seven years ago, a guy named Brian Hastings cheated yep. me and a bunch of other players by multi-accounting on a well-known UK gambler screen name he paid back some and then spat in the other's face. Here comes the good part. Ike Poker was a site rep and looked the other way. Oh. High stakes players circled wagons. Um, and then he included um, the, the two-by-two forum where he was posting about this back in 2015 because he, he did a whole thing on it then and included a bunch of like texts and things from Hastings where Hastings essentially admitted all the, all the things that he's being accused of. But the, uh, bringing Ike Haxton into this is a yeah, new thing. That's big. Yes, that's really big. Ike Haxton, who I think of as like... Integrity. It's like Tom Hanks. So <laughs> he's the Tom Hanks of poker, right? No, no Phil Goffond is the Tom okay, Hanks. Okay, you're right, you're right. But he's the... It's hard to come up with anyone else who's that likable. Darn it, I got no one else. He's the, he's the Tom Holland of poker. I don't know. I sure. It's not the same. Um, anyway, so that was also like a doing, And I went back and actually read over the 2 plus 2 article. Um, not a threat, I should say. And it was, I had forgotten kind of how bad it was, where it's like, so they made the final table online of some big event. Bakes, was, Bakes made the final table. And then people, tr- like someone texted him saying like business opportunity, but he didn't even look at it. And then later on, it turns out it was someone trying to tell him. And we think it was, apparently it's Brian Hastings through someone else trying to tell him, I'm this guy at this final table. Um, but it was, it was, it was supposedly couched as a business opportunity. Huh. So like, what does that mean? Um, and then Bakes was unimpressed because he said, I've been playing 100-200 against that same account for months, and no one ever, and like Hastings didn't tell me then, so like, fuck that guy, basically. Yeah. Um, all very reasonable, from my point of view, on Bakes. Okay, so I, I want to make something clear before we move on. Please. We are not leveling any of these accusations, and we have no, no information to back anything up. We're just saying what other players have said. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's really great that you say that. All, I, all I'm doing is reading these things that these guys are writing. So, yeah. But I'm sharing it, and this stuff is blowing up. And here's, here's the latest one, and this is the one I was trying to keep from you. Okay. And you, you caught a tiny bit of it, but only a tiny bit. Martin Zamani. Yeah, I saw this one. Did you see the whole thing? I saw that it was Bryn Kenny. Yeah. yeah. And what uh, about he, it? He had stables of horses. And? And he, I don't, I didn't, I don't all know. All right, you kind of heard it. All right, well, I'm going to read it anyway. Okay. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long, but I'm going to give you the highlights. Since we're in the midst of calling out cheaters, this is all Martin Zamani. Bryn Kenny and all his horses are basically forced to collude on GG, uh, especially in satellites. Do what's best for the team. That's in quotes. He wouldn't let me play GG 5K PLO events on my account, but on party I could play 10Ks if, I, if said horse ghost was, meaning so that way they could collude at the table together. Ah. That's what he's implying, right? There was a specific time me and his horse were on the same table in a 10K PLO 6 max on party, and he played both accounts. Like, that's wow, heavy, right? Um, any type of arguing with Bryn would be faced with gaslighting that I'm not open-minded and he's trying to help us. Then he talks about getting... Bryn apparently sent him to a shaman and I, we're not going to get into any of that stuff because it's long and it's a whole other thing. Huh. Um, the last time I got fi- a final table of something, I torched it, which I think means he did poorly. And, Bry- and Bryn told him uh, he had to text... Uh, 
Sergey, his downstairs, his downstairs neighbor slash coach for his final tables. So basically, from then on, he was going to get ghosted uh, for final tables. Now, uh, Mark Herman was to ghost every one of my final tables, um, and actually, of everyone he coached, he was doing that on. Um, he then skips ahead and says, "You don't want to do mushrooms with Bryn? Dropped in steaks. Oh, you don't want to see my my psychic? Dropped in steaks. Oh, I heard you're not eating healthy and you eat grass fed organic meat instead of vegetables from." The shit Mexican store. Heard you didn't yoga. Heard, sorry, heard you didn't do yoga. Dropped. <laughs> like it gets. It, we're not even done. He says, "Guy could legit not be a bigger piece of shit." Wow. If you had an agency with Bryn, you probably had it stolen from you, and you had to say nothing. By the way, agency in this way, I'm having read ahead. He means like an affiliate thing, like with um, Poker Bros or anything like that, yeah. where you know. Um, but he's above you. He would. He's saying he would take that from you. Huh. I know tens of people who. Who Bryn said, sign people up. They did. Then all of a sudden, hey, man, you don't have enough whales. I'm taking your agency. So I'm taking your affiliate deal. Wow. If this is true, this is really bad. There are so many instances of him just straight up abusing his horses, and no one has said anything because they say Bryn has too much power. Well, fuck it all. I have nothing to lose. <laughs> um, Jeez. Yep. There's even more. There's not much more, thankfully, but wow. Um, let me see. I'm just going to jump to the end because it keeps going and going. Um, I, I was, oh, he says, was suspicious. Nah, that's not that good. All right. That's enough. That's a lot. Um, so I have lots of reactions to that, well, but you were the fresh ears. Right. We've brought in Ike Haxton and we've brought in Bryn Kenny and the Bryn Kenny stuff is flammable, flammable. And, you know, seems on brand for the little I know about Bryn Kenny. <laughs> because of the shirts and the look. Yeah. The, the, yeah. he's got that shaman vibe for sure. Okay. They'll like send you to a shaman vibe. Yeah. And I don't mean to disparage Bryn Kenny. And again, these accusations are coming from one person and may not be true at all. Seems odd for the for this to happen. Of course, there could be some sort of dispute between them that would lead Zamani to see this as an opportunity to try to take Bryn down. But it all seems oddly specific and everything, you know? Yes, it does. It does. Um, so what's your overall hit on this? Like, let's assume for a second... That, I, I I think like go ahead. I I can get myself in trouble here by I know. by just piling on people, especially if it turns out that the things that are being said about them are untrue. Yep. Um, but I will say what my hit is because that's our job here, right? Yeah. We're, it's, it's unadulterated. Our minds on yeah. in, into your brains, man. We're infecting you with our thoughts, and so let's do it. It's fine. Um, the Ike Caxton thing. I need to know more details about that. But it sounds like he was just kind of uh, he made it happen by not doing anything kind of like he allowed it to if the good if the good guy doesn't pressure. do anything it's not a good guy type of thing right yeah he, if, he, if, he, if he, you allow if you allow this crime to continue to happen under your watch that's on you to some degree it would be the would be i believe what bakes is saying right yeah. so it's not as bad as actively doing it but it is right. bad but if you have the power to stop it and you, you should, don't right you should do that i would i would agree i don't know if that's true about ike Haxon. I've never known Bakes to be anything, but I don't know Bakes very well, but I have met him and I have talked to him and I've never had anything but a good impression with him. But that, I also haven't talked to him in years, in fairness. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that, my impression on the Ike Haxton thing is that certainly tarnishes his reputation, but I think it's going to probably wash away with the seawater. I think Ike is maybe lucky that this is all happening, if it's going to get called out like that, today of all days. Like where there's bigger stuff for people to focus on than, than him sort of allowing it to happen, if indeed he did. So I can look at Discord now? Yeah. Because I want to give credit to somebody who, sure. when I was told to stop looking at that piece, let's see, what did they say? Somebody said, okay, it's Beat Doot Deet, mm-hmm. um, who's, or Beat Doot Doot. Sorry, Beat Doot Doot. I this messed is the up. important part of this. Yeah. Uh, this does feel a little bit, like um, the Me Too movement, not obviously very different in terms of its, mm-hmm. its morality and all of the, the yeah. stuff involved in it, but how like there's just a cascade effect where it's like, oh shit, this guy, oh shit, this person too, yeah. oh my god, it this does. person too, like because back in 2016 or 2017, whenever that was, it just felt felt like there was like three new celebrities every day yep. who were like, oh shit, that guy did that, oh god, you know. Well, there's a thing that happens. I think this was true in Hollywood. I think it's true actually in high stakes poker, at least overall, of a culture of permissibility. Mm-hmm. Where like other people are doing this kind of a thing, no one's getting in trouble. You know, you do a little bit of it, it's fine. No one seems to care, and then like it's easy to like keep going and going, and then suddenly you know you're just it seems like normal. It's just how it's done. Yeah, you know that's not in any way to excuse any of this. To be clear, but I believe that is part of sort of 
what happens in both these situations, right? I'm, of course, everyone has to take personal responsibility. And if you decide to do something that is unethical, that's always on you, no matter what the culture is around yep. you, to be clear. Yeah. Um, but I think that is part of it. And so that's why you, there's nothing. It's silence, it's silence, it's silence. And then suddenly there's a wave, a cascade mm-hmm. of, this, of accusations, right? Yeah. All right. So you want my re- reactions on the Bryn Kenny thing? I do. So I want to say something that I've noticed from Discord before that, re- referring to this. This is probably something that if you're interested and you should check this out, because somebody... Um, took a tweet from Doug Polk. Apparently, Doug Polk is doing an emergency podcast with Martin Zamani. Um, Great. Yeah, so he's going to interview him about this whole thing. So I check, go check out Doug Polk's podcast on that. I'm yeah. sure it's, it's, it should be out by now. Right? Yep, I'm and sure it is. Many of you probably already heard it. Um, but it, the dude is really backing it up. He's going on podcasts. He's, like, he's, he's going for it. Yeah, I mean, it seems unlikely that this is just something he invented. Right. If it's something he invented, I think we'd hear a large, a loud cascade of people the, from the other side, who are like, I was a Bryn Kenny horse for years and never yeah. saw anything like this. And we get a lot of that, then maybe we can start to question it. But if there's silence, that feels pretty meaningful to me. Yeah. Like, or silence or agreement. That feels pretty... Like, when Ali was accused and Jake Schindler was accused, the only thing that happened was when people wrote about it, they said, oh, yeah, everyone's known about this. Like, every, yeah. like there was no, like, I can't believe anyone would accuse this guy of that. There's right. none of that. And that that's pretty powerful to me. Yeah. Like... Uh, yeah, there's there's so much to unpack with this whole thing, right? Because like, it was it it was self contained. It was easier to fathom the whole Mike Postle thing because that's just a yes. guy playing low stakes, cheating in his local card room, right? You know, take just over years he yeah. takes a quarter million out of the, right out of the game. But this is this is uh this hurts the integrity of televised poker historically, right? Because these are our heroes of poker. That's right, um, and. It doesn't hurt poker in general. It doesn't hurt the main event. It doesn't hurt the viability of these types of things. But it hurts the brand of poker. It, like if, if the people who are the best in the world at this are doing these types of things to get an edge, and of course not all of them are. Of course not. But more than we wanted to be doing it. Like it seems pretty clear that Ali was doing this at this point, right? I mean, I'm not willing to say he was I'm doing it. I'm not willing to either. I'm but... saying evidence seems to be pointing that direction. Yeah. About that. Maybe he wasn't. I'd like that. That'd be great. Yeah. But it's, I don't even think he's denied it yet. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a weird spot, right? Right. I mean, it's, yeah. Please continue. Sorry. Um, it's it's got to be bad for poker in the long run for this stuff to, I mean, I don't, the good thing is that this is so inside baseball to the poker community that I don't think this is going to be a story. Like the Mike Postle thing was a story because it was yeah. relatable to the, the John Q public. Well, it's not going to be a story if it ends here. But if yeah. we get more and more of this in the next few days, it might start to eat its way yeah, out. Yeah, I mean... It might transcend poker and get out into the world. That Bryn Kenny thing, if that's true at all, does seem like it deserves like a nine-part podcast series <laughs> narrated by yeah. a, like a professional podcast host, you know? Let me ask you this, too. Like, let's say you're one of the whales who plays in all these games, right? Oh, God. Let's say you're Bill Perkins. That's a really good point. And by the way, even someone like John Robert Ballant, who I'm for whatever reason, deciding is not a cheater and is just a fish in these games because he always seems to lose. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think of him as a crusher, right? Sick needle. Yeah, I don't mean that as a needle, but like I... Maybe I'm wrong, but this is that's my impression, right? So whether it's him or some, but the Bill Perkins types of the world, who these entire games are built around, ultimately, right? Like, there's very few of these high-end, high-stakes cash games, which are just elite players. They do that maybe on TV a little bit, mm-hmm. but even then, they kind of have to have at least one or two... Um, Wales. And in yeah. fact, like the latest season of High Stakes Poker had Kim Holt, I think was the guy's name. Oh, the, the, the casino guy? Yeah, right. And it's like, yep, like they got to have one or two, right? Yeah. Otherwise, why, wouldn't, why would all these dudes play against each other at these stakes? Like some of them want to do it, but most of them wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a guy like Bill Perkins, why would you want to ever play online with any of these guys again is question one. Question two is, if the answer is I wouldn't want to play online with any of these guys again, why would you ever want to play live with it? Why would you ever want to put time into any of these relationships again? Right. I mean, you're not playing for the money. You're, you're right. playing for the game and for the camaraderie and, every, and yeah, the community. Yeah, like the strategic element and all that kind of gets shot. The community was happening. trying to take from you in a way that was not something that you agreed to. Like, right. sure, it's poker. People are trying to take from you, but they're, they're doing it in a way that you were unaware of and that's and, giving them an advantage. Yeah. Like, by the way, they have enough of an advantage on Bill Perkins anyway. Why do they need to do even more? This well, is like such an intense amount of greed if it's, it's true it's kind of like the um well what is that guy's name there's the guy that the high six community has disliked for years um because he like does angles live 
uh, starts with an S. I, I'm blanking. We did a hand with him and Michael Adamo at a final table of the World Series. Of Sam Sovereign. Yeah, Sam Sovereign. Um, like, you can see it being kind of like we. On that, we talked about the Sam Sarville stuff about his like tiny edges he's seeking yes. with these live angles and how you could see being a guy who's like in that rarefied area, you're like, there's no edge here. How do I find an edge? Maybe right. I find my seat a little slower because the big blind's going to pass. Exactly. Like if there's so, anything that's legal, even if it's ugly, it's legal. I can, I'm doing it. Right. Like, so this is like an extension of that, right? Like, except now we're past legal. We're, we're certainly past it. We're now on to true cheating. If RTAs yes. are used, that is true cheating. I mean, much more than that, if Bryn Kenny is, like, ghosting into some... some go by the way, when we say ghosting, what we mean is... So I make a final table of a big event, and Bryn Kenny's been staking me. As soon as I make the final table, I stop playing, and he starts playing for me, but everyone still thinks it's me. So yeah. not only do, do they not know they're playing against Bryn Kenny, they also... All the stats they have and everything is of me, and he, of course, is going to play a different style, and he knows the stats they have of me. He knows how I play. Right. He can play against that. He, I mean, he's obviously very good anyway. It becomes extra it becomes more of an edge than it should be and then it, by the way then he's not even really staking me right he's taking me only to the final table then he gets to stake himself for mm-hmm. the rest of it right yep that's clearly not okay that is that's just straight if, if that really was happening like martin zamani is accusing that's just straight up cheating and if there was any way if that was proven i would want not that i can have these things i'm not the the lord of all of these things but i would want like Bryn kenny like banned from online poker period yep. if possible so i do agree with you that um I think the RTAs are more similar to the Sovereign stuff, and it's like a way to, to get a marginally bigger edge than yeah. your opponents who also have huge edges over the general field and mm-hmm. just like try to eke out a little bit of extra edge. Whereas the like stabling horses and ghosting and, and multi-accounting at the same table in tournaments and stuff, that's beyond that. That's not just a little edge. That's like pure cheating. And let's say, let me say this. These are the things now that we've heard about. That doesn't mean that's the end of it. No, it of course. It could go deeper. It could be uglier. Um, that's one uh, number two is, I, I wonder how Martin Zanamani is going to be received with all this. My guess is he's going to be received really well. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I don't know that he should be. Because he did it for years? Yes. He, like, now that he, he wrote in, the, in his tweet, Twitter thread at one point, I have nothing to lose. I mean, okay. I'm glad you're saying it when you have nothing to lose. But I wish you would have had the fortitude to say no to some of these things and call out people. And this is clearly not just, he's just an avatar for the entire poker community who knows about this. Yeah. Because right? the fact that like this happens with Ali and everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. High stakes regs have been talking about this for years. Well, where the fuck have you been then? Like yeah. fucking show up, man. Like why are you allowing this to happen? Yeah. Which is, you know, props to Alex Foxen for deciding to like yes. put, take a strong stance and kind of, uh, you know, knock the first domino over in this situation. Right. right. Um, and, I feel like this happens on big levels and on small levels. Um, so meaning like it happens in the high stakes poker community, but it happens at lower levels too. Absolutely. It was happening not like this by any means, but it was happening. Uh, there were things that I felt were clearly unethical happening, even in like in Portland poker games, like seven years ago. And I remember you and I having long talks about these things. Yeah. Um, talking about like, how can we call these out? And like, what's the, what's the proper way to do that? Um, and some things never got called out because it's not easy to be that person. To right. Be fair. But having said that, like, this is a fragile economy, mm-hmm. and I would expect that it's going to be greatly damaged by this. I wonder if online poker is going to have to be kind of revamped to some degree, the higher, the higher stakes of I it. I mean, it's really it's the original fears of online poker when yes. it first came out. All of the people who were like, I can't do that. I don't know who's on the other side of the screen. I don't right. know like, what type of software they're running, et cetera. And then that kind of went away for a while. But now it seems like a lot of people are like, doing things that make it less fair than live poker. I mean, look, you and I have played at the same table multiple times, both online, especially live, because, you know. Yeah. Now, we, in some ways, it's good because everyone knows that we know each other. We're the freaking poker guys. Yeah. It's rare for us to be in a poker room and have no one recognize us. You yep. know what I mean? Um, and, of course, if we're playing a tournament, we always tell the tournament director, if they see us at the same table, yeah, that we... Yeah, put us at a different table. We're yeah. friends. And sometimes yeah. they say, oh, we don't care. I'm like, okay, like, fine. But we always make sure they know because... I mean, you and I have sat next to each other in poker tournaments right. multiple times. Which is like, fun. Yeah, no, I enjoy that. Yeah. For sure. We also are, A, not going to, you know, collude with each other. No, we're not. That said... We are not incentivized to bust each other. We are not incentivized to bust each other and not incentivized to run big bluffs on each other. Right. So it is not exactly the same, but we're trying our best to say, like, hey, we, you know, we work together. We have a business relationship. We're friendly. We're very close. We know each other's games. We don't think we should be at the same table. That's yeah. the best I know. I don't know what else we're supposed to do there, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, the, if we want to get deeper into it, especially in in cash games, it, it can get real sketchy because you yep. get to choose where you sit. 
But like in the tournament community, in the mid stakes tournament community that we are a part of, sure. right? Like the the five hundred to three thousand dollar tournament type stuff. Um, it's if you're seated at a table with somebody that you have swapped with, what are you supposed to do? Like, right. so, and we we can sit here and pretend that people don't swap. Of course every, they do. Every pro swaps. Yes. Every single pro swaps. Yes. And many amateurs too. Yep. You know? And like, often very openly, by yeah. the way. Yeah, we're open about it. We swap with each other. We swap with Mitchell Towner. We swap with Robert Brewer. When we were at the, when we were down to like the final five and the final four of the World Series of Poker Monster Stack uh, circuit event yeah. in Reno, you and I were Tahoe. both... Tahoe. Tahoe, thank you. Yeah. Um, so we had swapped, like, not a lot, but we had swapped some percent. 10% or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, and I'm almost certain that um, multiple guys at the table also had swapped with each other, yeah. you know? And like... They're set up some. There are just some weird situations you can be in, you know, very quickly with that. And right. That and doesn't feel like cheating necessarily. No, it doesn't. But it's possible we might do things which someone might think are cheating based on that, you know, because the, there's a, the leverage changes that we we're gonna we might make some decisions differently. Yeah, I mean, there's not we, there's we not do. really there's not really a way around it. So this comes back full circle now to the cheating stuff. To the you Alex Foxen thing. Yeah. So so Kale Burns. Kale Burns, who was the third in the awkward triumvirate of Kale Burns, Chrissy Bicknell, and uh, at the time, Chrissy Bicknell, yeah. and Alex Fox in, in what tournament? It was, was the Venetian, was like Venetian. 100K or 200K or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and they were at the final table, and, and there was a decent amount of money on the line. There was, oh, there was like millions. I yeah, there think. were three-handed, and you know, it's known that, that Foxen and Bicknell were in a relationship at that point. We've yes. talked about this before in our podcast. And Kale Burns felt it necessary to bring this up. He hadn't talked about it since the event. It's been years. It's been four years. Um, but because Foxen was the guy doing all of the leveling and the accusing of cheating is like, well, I got to bring this up. You know, like I was the third guy and they definitely soft played and yeah. that kind of sucked. Now, to be fair, which you brought up before the podcast, Bicknell and Foxen did tell Burns like, hey, we're in a relationship. We should just do an equity chop. That's the best deal for you. Like, yeah, we're not incentivized to bust each other. Right. right. And, and Burns turned it down. Yeah. He actually said even in his Twitter thread about this today that um, he should have taken the deal. Yes. Um, I think, and he feels there are multiple hands which are clear examples of soft play. I just don't know how you'd expect those two not to soft play each other um, if you're him. He, I don't know, and I don't know how, it's just a really weird spot, and I don't know why he would have accepted the deal and, ex- and think they're going to play super hard against each other. I just don't know why he would ever, ever expect that. Um, especially, and, they're, and they were upfront about it. I, I can't fault them. Now, maybe if we looked at certain hands in depth, we would say, okay, this is like too much. There was the Aces versus Jacks hands, which I think. In almost every case, people go bust. But if you're not going to go bust, that's how you don't go bust, right? Like your very serious girlfriend, <laughs> you know, or your very serious boyfriend in this case, like makes a play on you where he always has, he's always going to have it and always has it, always having it, quote, in that way means beating pocket aces. And like she knows that about him and she knows their relationship well enough to know he would never, ever bluff her in this spot, right? Like, that's part of no. That's part of game theory and part of poker. And like, it, I don't know is, what they're supposed to do. You want to hear some tidbits of what Kale said? Yes, because he's not being unreasonable about okay, it. Okay, good. Um, I'm aware. I'm probably a naive moron for not taking a deal, and yes. it's an awkward situation for them that not many people will ever be able to relate to. My logic at the time was I would be protected by the live stream. If they do anything funny, they will, it will forever tarnish their reps. That's what he thought. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was just incorrect. Um, they didn't do anything wildly crazy either, right? I mean, that aces versus Jackson's, I think any other, anyone else against one of them is always all in, right? Like, I don't know how you're not. Um, but if you really, really, really know the other player and you really believe they're never going to bluff you and would never embarrass you, you know, and all that kind of stuff, which I think they both knew and, you, and it is reasonable to expect, maybe they play it like that sometimes, you know? Again, I'm not, I think there is some form of collusion there, but I don't know what they're supposed to do about it is what I'm saying. And yeah. I think it's his fault for them. Once they did their best to say, like, dude, like, this is not a good, this is not a fair spot. Let's just chop it. And he didn't want to. That's, that's his fucking problem. Now, what he's asking for, though, is not completely unreasonable. He's asking for something objective. He's right? asking for arbitration. Right. Yeah. Which isn't crazy to ask for. I would never expect them to say yes to that. No. Um, it's a negative free roll. And even though he said that they can just side bet so that way they don't have to, it won't be a negative free roll for them. But, like, whatever, man. It's a negative free roll for them. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. of course it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there's that, too. There's a lot of shit going down. I'm curious to see if poker just, like, puts its head in the sand and, like, tries to soldier on or if actual changes come from any of this. I don't know. I think this is not going to be something that actual changes come. Unless I mean, a blacklist you, is made. I think if, this, you can't, if you can't put together a big high-stakes game anymore, 
unless you make big changes. Like if, if the whales won't play unless you yeah. make big changes, maybe you have to make the big changes. All right. So let's get back to the real cheating, the, not the like, mm-hmm. not the stuff that's like yeah. tough to deal with, the, the swapping and you all mean that the stuff. The Bryn Kenny type stuff? Yeah, the Bryn Kenny and, and Ali and Jake okay. Schindler stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what should be done about it? Because the original, okay. the impetus for all this is Alex Foxen calling for a blacklist, which he's not the first to call for a blacklist, but he, he did it very strongly and he started this whole thing. Um, what do you think about the whole blacklist idea? This could go a lot of different ways. I think if you can't prove it, it's really hard. I don't think you can do it. And, if, and it's very hard to actually get proof on almost any of this stuff. Yep. So I don't know practically how that could go well. You know, it seems hard. I'm wondering if this is going to be, I'm talking about like poker changing, maybe just the, the death knell for like high stakes online poker. Because I yeah. don't see how you could play high stakes online poker unless you're part of one of these crews. Because how are you not getting taken advantage of? I'd be very concerned about right. that as anyone who wasn't part of it. I that. could see it being that, but not live poker necessarily. Yeah. Because like the thing that Ali did where he saw Paul Fua's cards, which That's is different. only alleged anyway, like you have to first see the cards. You know, like there's not, there's no like planned cheating there. Right. I mean, and the truth is, yeah, it's not cheating anyway. Yeah. Really. And if and it's not Ali's job to tell Paul Fua that Fua's not protecting his cards. Right. I would wish Ali would say something there for lots of reasons. One, just because when you become that person, which I had to learn to become, I used to not say anything either many back in the day, many years ago. And then you and Mitch Towner, our friend, were both like, Come on, dude. Yeah. I was like, and from then I was like, Okay. And it's way better. Yeah. Like you're just you're just a happier person. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel better about yourself. So I've been doing it for like a solid nine, ten years, whatever it is. Not that I very often that ever have that option anyway, but like I instantly say it now, like mm-hmm. and always say it, um, and it, it's better. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I would hope he would do it just for that. But then the bigger reason I think from the poker point of view is like if Paul Fua feels like someone isn't going to like look out for him in the most basic of ways, that's a billionaire. You're probably not going to get in these games anymore, right? Yeah. Like, so I guess that could hurt live poker too. Yeah. The high like stakes the community. Triton. The whole yeah. Triton thing is like Paul Fua and company. Right? Yeah. Like. I don't know if that's going to keep going the way it's been going then. Maybe, maybe he doesn't care because he's so rich he doesn't care. But I would think the trust in the relationship is the currency that he's, that he's getting paid in. And so if he's not even getting that now, wow, that's yeah. a big deal. All right, so back to the blacklist. Okay. I, I think it is very difficult to implement. And obviously, like, there has to be a completely new governing body that is not affiliated with any of the sites or tours that operate. And all of the sites and tours that operate have to obey the governing body. So that's, that's hard to start with. Incredibly hard. Yeah. That's a tough start. But then beyond that, like what level of proof do you need? What level of cheating are we talking about? Is Ollie going to be banned for looking at Paul Fua's cards? That would be ridiculous. Be. Yeah. Be, yeah. For using an RTA, I could see that could be a bannable offense. Sure. But a lot of RTA stuff isn't like, even computer-based, you know? Like, you can use charts and stuff like that. You know, it can be paper-based. I mean, really. Like... Yeah. Um, you can... You could also have it, like, not on the current computer. You know, you could have, like, a second computer that is in no way connected to that you're just you're talking, typing in data and stuff like that. Right? You're just talking about a way around getting caught? Yes. Yeah, I know. I, I understand that. So I'm just saying, um, like, but even that doesn't, then, like, it's, it's pretty easy to, like, dodge some of that stuff. Yes, but let's not talk about that. Okay. Because it's really about the blacklist and how it would be implemented, right? Yeah, okay, like, okay. So Fair enough. It's for when you do get caught. Okay. So you once you're caught. Yeah. Like, what, what level of cheating do you think deserves a blacklist? One-time RTA blacklist, or is it like he has to be a repeat offender with an RTA? I think it should be one time. Yeah. Like, because let's remember, when you catch someone the first time, it doesn't mean it's the first time they did the thing. It's yeah. almost never the first time they've been doing the thing. It's the first time they've been caught. Right. And if you really want to encourage people to not do this behavior, you have to have strong penalties, strong mm-hmm. consequences. Saying like, oh, your third time is when we're going to ban you for a year. Well, that's going to encourage everyone to go right up to the line and then stop doing it, right? So the first two times are free? Great. Yep. You know, I don't know why you would ever... If you can prove it, that should be an instant banning. Okay, I can agree with that. What about things like the Bryn Kenny thing that is yeah. ultimately unprovable right now? If it was able to be proven, I don't know how you could prove that, but let's say you could. Um, I would, what I would hope is that there is a blacklist that was created and someone like Bryn Kenny, if this was true, would not be allowed to play on any major poker sites forever. Or, Lifetime ban. Or in the World Series of Poker. Because that's what people are calling for, including, mm. including all poker tours. EPT, World Series of Poker. Wow. Wow. Um, You know, the thing that's weird about this is that a poker room is full of degenerate thieves. <laughs> yes, it is. Right? Like, so, like, asking everyone to be uh, ethical 
like you're kind of in the wrong crowd if you're looking for perfect ethics already, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, like I'm very aware when I like actually when I played last weekend, there was someone in the room who I was like, that guy is not okay. Like that guy's done some shit that's not cool, right? Yeah. Um, and actually, I had two two different people. One guy who I was aware is like kind of a thief and stuff like that. I'm like, be careful around that person. Be aware. Blah blah blah. Um. But like they're not allowed to play poker in the poker room. Like that seems like a lot, right? Like it's, it's just, it's, it's tough. Just, it's a prickly now, now that's different than cheating at poker though, right? Yeah. These guys are just thieves outside of poker and things like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I think it has so to, little, so I think it has to apply to, to the poker table alone. Yes. Right. Should, okay. So this is the, this is a great question. Should Bryn Kenny be banned from all major live events? If he's, if he was, fa- this was found to be true. If like, I say yes. If, fuck it. If, fuck it. Yes. If a jury yes, should like you could do I mean this is a lot of work, but you could implement a jury system for spots like this where there's no physical proof, but if you have like corroborating evidence from I don't know from like twelve different witnesses who all say the same thing. I mean that gets dangerous. Yeah, it does. But it that's really does. But that's what we do with people's lives in the American it judicial is. system. It is. But you know, it's not, not is that the greatest system? No, I'm of not course sure. not. But I'm you know, not sure. Well, that's the best thing we came up with. Yeah. Um if we if there was if there was true proof, I would say ban him from everything forever. Yeah. Like, fuck that. You blew it. Like, you made millions. I would love to be able to find a way to claw that back. I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we could prove it. I don't know how you're ever going to be able to prove that in any real way. Um, maybe there's forensic, you know, accounting you can do to figure that out and forensic computer stuff. But I don't know. That's a whole other thing. I've, I think what's really going to happen is people won't get banned. But the high stakes games are going to really lose a lot of their juice. Yeah, and that's going to make the whole poker ecosystem different as a result. Because those games are kind of what a lot of the whole ecosystem runs on. You know, like because those games exist, guys like Tom Dwan, Bryn Kenny, whatever they play in those games instead of lower games, everyone gets knocked down a peg or two. Mm-hmm. You know, if it goes that way, and you know, whatever. That's just the way of the world, I guess. Those games maybe shouldn't have existed anyway if they were cheating these fucking guys. Anyway, yeah. I, I really wish this wasn't the case. I'm saddened that the guys who are among the best players in the world feel any need at all to cheat or steal or anything. Like, they shouldn't need any of that. And the fact that they do, it's, it's, not, it's not... Assuming any of this is true, it's really not a good thing. Well, I'm going to go ahead and be an optimist about the community yep. at large, especially the high-stakes community, because that's what we're focusing on here, and say, like, there will be more that comes out. There will be more players, I think, that are accused. Uh, yeah. But I think... In the end, those that are accused and those who actually do cheat are going to be a minority and a significant minority of the high stakes community. That would be my guess. I continue to say, even if that's true, where have all these people been protecting the Paul Fools of the world for the last several years and the, and the Bill Perkins of the world and the Bill whatever's yeah. of the world? Who's protecting know? my billionaires? I mean, in this case, yeah. Yeah. Like the whales, the fish, they're already coming in and donating money effectively, right? Right. And now like, it's like, how can we extract even more? Not, and it, of course, isn't just from them. Right, it's from like anyone who makes a final any of these big final yeah. tables. Suddenly, you're playing against Brent Kenny and don't know it. Assuming that's true, because it may not be, but it sure feels like it probably is. Having heard all this, right? I mean, there's it feels true, but it doesn't mean it is. Yeah, I don't know what can be done. Like after talking through the logistics of the blacklisting, though, it also it feels like that's just impossible. It's just not going to happen. I agree. I agree. So, good luck figuring that out, everyone. Like who's gonna who's gonna want to Ooh. take that on the blacklist? Who would want to be in charge of that? I can't imagine anyone who would want to do that. Yeah, like, all you do is get shit on by everyone hates you. Right. <laughs> it's like internal affairs. It's right? like being I mean, the IRS. Yeah, yeah. It's and not no one likes that. So there'd have to be like, I don't know. I don't think we should figure that out. We're already deep into this podcast. I've not even started the hand. Yet. Well, that's because this was a special thing. This is a special thing. This is such a special thing. I don't know. I feel like. I mean, yeah, okay, we can do a hand still too, but like, yeah, we'll we're do 40 a minutes in. I'm just saying, like, this is real. This is like serious. The cheating well, episode. It's the cheating episode. It is. It is. Well, here's, here's some optimism from, one, from our Discord. It's from TexJosh07. Yeah. He said, uh, maybe if all the good players are blacklisted, we can win sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I guess, somewhat true. Yeah, you'll probably have a better chance to win. Some of those online final tables that, like, God, they're so good. Yeah. They're so aggressive. How do they know? They have the perfect, you know, they always make the right plays, size it perfectly. Yeah, maybe it won't be like that so much. Good news for you if you want to play against bad players. Nitrogen Sports is chock full of them. I've played against them, <laughs> man. They're awful. It's a great deal. It's, you know, 
Some of them are you. Some of them are you. But hey, change that by listening to more of this podcast, obviously. But, you know, change your life by signing up for Nitrogen Sports using the link in the description. We give you access to the greatest iterated value in poker. It's the Poker Guys Monthly Tournament. You should join us for the Nitrogen (laughs) Sports Poker Guys Monthly Tournament. (laughs) Everyone, Everyone followed that. Yeah. I was doing that, a thing, a voice. Yeah, it's weird to do the ad, and anyone who already knew what you're saying, and you know, because they could understand it because they've heard it so many times, probably it's not as important for them to hear it as the new people who wouldn't have been able to follow that. It seems like I'm hitting the perfect middle. <laughs> Maybe you are. Maybe you are. What Which is I something know? you might want to try to do on Nitrogen Sports, oh, by the way. Oh, shit, because they, they have sports betting. They do have sports betting. They have casino games. They have all sorts of joyous occasions. Joyous occasions? Like quinceañeras. <laughs> That is a joyous occasion. Yeah. Your sweet 16. Yeah, another joyous occasion. But it's not like my super sweet 16 with all the rich people and they're all dicks about it. It's not like that. It's like no. it's like a nice, humble sweet 16 of like a family that really put a lot of time and effort. They did yeah. a lot of DIY crafting for the sweet 16. Yeah. Nobody was hired for the event. <laughs> Mom put in so much work. Just show up. Cousin Josh, just show up. Yeah. Do you know how much work your aunt put into this? Poor Cecilia. In her sweet 16, she's had a rough high school Cousin Josh. (laughs) This is a quinceanera, right? No, this is a sweet 16. Oh, this is a sweet 16. Do you know the difference? I hope you do. Please say you do. I don't. A quinceanera happens at what age? Let's try 13. 15. 15? Oh, because quinceanera. Quince is five. Yeah, I didn't know that. And that's for Mexican culture. I knew that. I knew that part. A sweet 16 Um, is more of an American culture thing. What age is that for? Uh, 85. Grand. That's if you want to be, true. if you have an eighty-five-year-old grandmother and you want to be cute with her, you could throw her a sweet sixteen. Why does she have to be eighty-five? That's a good age <laughs> when they still kind of like know what's going on. Why does she have but to they be... also, they also are like, yeah, I'm definitely old. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I think once you're eighty-five, you have to acknowledge that yeah. you are old. Yeah. Even younger than that, probably. I acknowledge that I'm old, but only to other people. Not to yourself, you mean? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Like I say it, but I don't really mean it. Right. When I acknowledge. I'm like, yeah, I'm old, but I'm like. But you just think that because you're wrong. Well, if you want to you know. be young forever, use the link in the description when you sign up for Nitrogen. We will see you there. Okay. All right. Now that we've, you know, taken a break, whew, we can come back. We can talk about, you know, just a hand of poker. Let's do it. Among two players who, as of the recording of this podcast, have not been accused of any cheating, which no, is great. Oh, no, it's great. Yeah. Please don't let these guys be accused Oh, if of either cheating. of these guys is accused of cheating, especially, especially Negranu. Yeah. That's that's a real problem for the yeah. poker world. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't either. I don't think it's going to happen with the other guy either, nope. Garrett Adelstein. Me either. It seemed like they're probably not oh, cheaters. Don't so. do it, please. I can't yeah. take my heart. Can't take it. It's, it's like we're looking for things under under every rock now. You know, yeah. like any player, like did he win too much? Did hmm. she did she do too well in that? I mean, that isn't really what's happening. No, it's not. It's not. But it it's not good. It's not good. It's, nope. Induces paranoia. That's for sure. If you're playing in those games, it's paranoia. Yeah. Stop playing those games. If, you're, if you don't know that you can trust everyone, stop playing those games. But let's talk about this game. This is high-stakes poker. Yeah, this is, uh, this is not paranoia. This is joyanoia, which that's is... A, that's a word? It is a word. It, well, it's, it's, not, uh, it's from Esperanto, in fact. It's not English, which, you know, did you know I was fluent in Esperanto? Uh, of course I did. Yeah. It took you a, a month to learn it, and uh, you're fluent in it. Yeah, and I talk with uh, one guy in Japan who's also fluent in You're Esperanto. the two guys. <laughs> yeah. That's the two guys who speak Esperanto. Unfortunately, we have nothing in common, and we don't like each other. Yeah. <laughs> but we're speaking Esperanto. That's the one thing you have in common. It's come great. On. It's great. All right. Let's get to the hand. Okay. It was suggested, by the way, by Alan Vilesa. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I said that correctly on Discord. You that's might a have. great place to suggest hands. Of course, that's where we're also having our open ended discussion about the cheating scandal. We also talk about other more lighthearted things, many more like food things. and whatever else you want, basically, yep. uh, except for a few banned topics, which we don't want to talk about. So, Garrett Adelstein, yes, always has one point seven billion dollars in front of him when he's playing poker. This time, he's got five hundred sixty-five thousand. I didn't see what the blinds are, but he opens to three thousand, so it's probably oh, wow. like eight hundred, or there's a straddle to eight hundred, or maybe even a thousand. Yeah, I would guess it's probably five hundred, a thousand, without knowing anything. Okay, so we're playing high stakes here. Yeah, we are. Five sixty-five. Garrett's got ace of clubs, seven of clubs in the hijack. Yep, opens to three k. Okay. D negs. D negs. He's in the cutoff. He's got a paltry two hundred nineteen thousand in his stack. Embarrassing. Why is he even in this game? Embarrassing. It is embarrassing. He's got two red tens. He's going to three bet. Okay. To ten k. Cool. Nothing to say here, right? Nope. I mean, he could call, but it's fine to three bet. Yep. Back to Garrett. What is your preferred... So first of all, everyone else folds. Of course. Back to Garrett. <laughs> yeah. What is your preferred action with a seven of clubs in a spot like this? 
you know, if we were even just like one spot further down, I feel like this is a really straightforward, uh, we four bet a lot. If it were cut off the button? Yeah. Like we four bet that a fair amount, yeah. I would think. You know, a lot is still maybe like 40%. Do you have any flats? Oh, I think we can have some flats, but I don't love it. But I think we can have some flats here. It's 7K to win. In fact, we're getting like two to one to close the action. We're out of position with a hand that doesn't play great out of position. No. But we're deep enough that it's probably okay. Um, you know, it can't be the end of the world to fold this hand sometimes, too, with A7 here, right? Yeah. Um, so I think all three are reasonable options in Garrett's spot. I wouldn't want to be four betting that often with this. I would probably just fold a bunch and call some and three bets or four bet a little. Yeah. So maybe on any given day, you choose a suit and you just do one of the four suited combos of these types of hands for four bets against a player like Negreanu in a spot like this. And maybe I call with one of the other suits and fold the other two, something like that. Yeah. Well, Garrett chose clubs for the four bet. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So he's going to four bet. Okay. He's going to make it 40K. He's got a blocker. It's fine, I guess. Four X Negranus. Is Negranu three betting light very much though? I don't know, but I, I know that Garrett doesn't give a shit. That's that's yeah. clear. Yeah. If Negranu's not a light three better, I don't I like this play a lot less, I gotta say. I do too, but I think this is part of Garrett's metagame in general. It's like yeah. why would you three bet me? Like, what are you doing, you idiot? Like right. this is going to happen to you. What are right. you gonna do with your stack when I make it forty K? Congratulations on your spot, buddy. Right. Like, have fun. I guess you could have aces. It's hard, but you could. Yeah. Otherwise, you're never loving it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think a big part of Garrett's game is just always threatening, mm-hmm. right? And, th- and it's because he actually has it in him to do this. Yes. A lot of players do not. Correct. I guess also from Garrett's point of view, making plays like this get you invited back to high-stakes poker, right? Which sure. probably is at least a little bit of, you know, that's probably important to him. It probably is. There's some value there, but the amount of money that's getting thrown around in the games that Garrett is playing, like I think any sort of appearances are not really that even long-term expected value for him as far as branding and stuff. No, I agree with that. I just mean, like, he tweeted about at one point, like, how, like, his, his dream to play, play on high-stakes ah. poker at some point with Doyle Brunson. He finally got to do it. And he, right. like, couldn't imagine, like, you know, ever that, something like that happening. You know, so, like, there might be something happening. That was everybody in 2006's dream. Yep. Who played poker. It really was. Yeah. Anyway, so he four bets. Yep. Four bets to 40K. What do you think about the sizing? Um, I think it's fine, actually. Daniel's, that's putting in, um, like, almost a fifth of Daniel's stack, if he calls. Yeah. Like, you're threatening, you're sort of leveraging the hand where you expect Daniel's not going to have that. I mean, Daniel's going to have some calls. First of all, he's Daniel, so mm-hmm. he likes to call. Um, second of all, he's in position. He's getting a reasonable-ish price, but not an amazing price to call. He's not even getting two to one to call. Yeah. Um, so you might fold out some of his hands if Daniel got cute with, you know, like five, six suited, which he can do sometimes. He might just throw that away here. Yep. Um, I think he would, yeah. Suited, suited aces, he probably just throws away now. Yeah. Um, anything that was marginal, good but marginal, like the ace jacks or ace tens of the world that he decided to play, you know, yeah. as a three bet, like he may just throw those away too and mm-hmm. only really continue. I think he's only continuing with good hands or maybe he loses his mind once in a while. But I don't think of Daniel's the guy who ever five bets light. I'm sure he does it a tiny bit, but yeah. he's not that guy, right? Maybe this is part of why Garrett feels he can do it, too, is he's not getting five. Like, if Daniel Negrano five bets him, it's a monster, and we got well, a little unlucky. I mean, it doesn't really... Oh, you mean, like, it's going to happen with less frequency? Yes. Yeah, because it doesn't matter rare. if it's a monster or not, because no, you're going to fold. It's incredibly course. rare. So we win a bunch now, and then we get opportun- more opportunities to win on the flop than, the, than against maybe some other players. Yep. Yep. Like Vanessa Selfs, who absolutely might five bet us with Jack Seven off, as we know. Well, uh, here's a point in favor of Garrett's strategy. What are you supposed to do now as Negrano? This is... Immediately, just an uncomfortable spot with tens. I mean, I think we have a clear call. Yeah. I don't know what else we can do. Call and hope. We're in position. We trust ourselves, and we might be way behind. It's a two-to-one SPR if we call. Yep. Garrett absolutely has two-to-one? Yep. Or no, one-to-two. No, two-to-one. No. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's like We have like 180, and there's like 90 in there, right? Okay. It's, it's a little bit better than a 2-1, to one, like 2.1. 2-1, to one, to one. yeah, or whatever. Okay. Um, but we have the kind of hand that can, you know, handle that. If Gar- I assume Garrett's doing this with ace-king, at least a fair amount of the time. I assume Garrett's doing this sometimes with other aces um, and other hands that we are ahead of. Yeah. We're definitely crushed sometimes, too. But we get to play in position, and, you know, the thing that gets weird is if we flop, like, you know, if the flop is jack, seven, four, rainbow or something, yeah. and he continues, or suited, you know, even two of a suit. And he can, t- I guess, you know, we have to call a lot once at least and see what happens on the turn and hope, 
Hope we don't get just pushed off these tens, which can happen, of yeah. course. But I don't know. I'm five betting seems really wrong with this hand, right? I agree. I think we have to flat basically our whole range that's continuing. Maybe we can shove aces and kings sometimes. I mean, if we're not, if we don't have any bluffs, then we probably have to flat our whole range. Yeah. Um, if we have any bluffs at all, we can we can re-raise with some of those monsters, right? We, yeah. Like I can see Daniel having kings and just wanting to put it in and being like. I don't want to have to make tough decisions later. Kings are good enough. You might be able to call with queens or ace king. Yeah. Well, then you got to find at least a few combos to bluff with. Exactly. Exactly. Which, which sucks in this spot. Yeah. I mean, your bluffs don't have to be that big. You could probably make it 90. But are you going to fold if you make it 90? You probably shouldn't, right? It's like 40% of your stack is it? Yeah, that seems so like... you can't really fold. If it, with any bluff with blockers, that means you're going to have... So you're basically shoving anyway. Yeah. It's really hard to have a shove here on a bluff. It's just, I mean, some people can do it, but not many. So you're mostly calling with your continuing yeah, range. Yeah, I think you are. Yeah. And that is what Daniel does. Yeah. I mean, he's going to throw away a lot of his range here. Like, we're talking about ace-jack. It's got to go in the muck. Yeah. I don't even know what he's doing with ace-queen off. Like, maybe he throws that away. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, tens just feels like you just have to call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, against certain players, you can fold. Of course. But not against Garrett Adelson. Yeah. Pot's $82,500. That happened quick. Yes, it did. $82,500. Just in the pot right now. I have yep. Four-bet pot. Adelstein out of position with a seven of clubs. Negrano with two red tens. Three of diamonds, five of diamonds, five of spades. Okay. All right. I think things get kind of fascinating now. Yeah. Garrett checks. Why? <laughs> Why does Garrett check? Well, what does Daniel have? Um, you know, some big aces and some pocket pairs, right? Yeah, which which big aces? Ace king. He definitely has ace king. Yeah, he's got ace queen suited for sure. Mm -hmm. He probably has ace queen, but I'm not totally sure. I don't know. Does he have ace jack suited still? Maybe not. Maybe not. So not. So those are the big. So ace king for sure. Ace queen suited for sure. I'm gonna say ace all ace queen. Let's say all ace king, all ace queen. That feels probably all right. But I think he's probably if he's got a five bet range, some of those will be included in it. Um, he may five bet some of his ace kings. Yeah. Probably none of his ace queens though. Right. Right. And then it's like nines through sometimes up to aces. Right. It might be. Yeah. You think he's folding eights? Maybe eights too. Yeah. I think he's folding sevens. Yeah. He might not be three betting sevens anyway, yeah. but yeah, I think he's probably folding them if he did. So it's eights plus ace king, sometimes ace queen. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm, and I'm not so convinced on the ace queen, but Fair I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying why would we bet if that's Negrano's range because he's probably calling with all of it? Is that he might not be calling with some of the ace highs, but he's going to call with all the pocket pairs. Of course he is. Yeah, and there's a lot of com like ace nines, tens, jacks, queens, kings, aces. If he's got most of those combos, you know, that's we're up to like 36 is the total amount, but he's maybe got 30 of those combos that he's not folding. And then how many ace-king and ace-queen combos does he really have? If he has 32 combos, that's great, but I don't know if he really has that many. I would just assume, as Garrett, that like we're not going to get Daniel to fold on the flop. Like Even if we're going to bet this, we're not, it's about telling a bigger story, right? And yeah. it's like, like, when we put in the four bet, a lot of the time, we probably want to you know, like be able to go... We, we assume we're, if he calls, we're going to bet the flop and have to get him to fold on the turn, like if we're, if we're bluffing. Yeah, but maybe this is not the type of board to do it on. Why not? Because it's, it's too polarizing. It's too easy for Daniel to continue. We have kings and aces so much here based on our four bet, right? And queens. Like, those are, those are the... And like, yeah, okay, we can have ace king too. But, like, we have a lot of big hands. Wouldn't those hands want to continue here? I feel like they would. Wouldn't aces want to bet here? Daniel can have jacks. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair argument. But let's say for the viability of actually getting him to fold, yeah, maybe this is just a negative event board. Okay. I mean, I don't think he's going to fold on the flop, except maybe ace queen. Yeah. And even that... We'd have to side. If he has any sort of backdoor draw with it, he's not yeah. going to fold. And, and if and really, if if we don't make it big enough, he's not going to do it. And I don't know that we want to bet. We wouldn't bet huge on this board. I don't think twenty five k or something. Yeah, something like that. So I I would assume we're getting called on that. And then the turn is when the action really happens. You know, when we really try and win the when we're really trying to win it because now we're telling a story. Yeah. So I guess we could decide not to tell a story. That's fine too. We could just give up and be like, all right, I was really just trying to win pre flop. I don't even have a club on this board. I'm out. That's yep. fine too. You know what? That is totally fine. I'm gonna. I'll give you that. But now we're just check folding, right? Yep. That's the plan. Yep. Okay. I mean, we consider the flop to be a negative event, and we decide this is not one of the times to continue. And that, through game theory, is accurate. Like it's correct to sometimes not continue. 
Sure, of course. We can't continue every time. Yeah. And not we have one back door and we haven't we have two overcards. We don't know if either of them are good. Yeah. Like we hit the ace, we're losing the ace king and ace queen. We hit the seven, we're losing to all the pocket pairs bigger than ours. Like it's not we we just have no sense of where we are here. Um, yeah. maybe if we had one club on the sport too, he would continue. But without without even that, maybe he's just like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. That's reasonable. Yeah. That's totally reasonable. He could just try and contain the damage a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, here's another fun thing. Yeah. Negreanu checks back. Yes, he does. Is this the power of Garrett Adelstein and his somewhat unusual play from time to time? Negreanu fears that he's going to have a lot of check shoves with big overpairs. Um, that's... I, I don't know if that's actually what it is, really, because maybe it is. I mean, Dan, is Daniel bet folding with two tens? I guess he... Maybe? Is... Okay, I'm not remembering perfectly, but the Garrett Andy hand... Yeah. That was aces against kings. Mm-hmm. Garrett had kings, right? Yeah. Andy was the one who check-raised with aces, right? Correct. Okay, so it wasn't Garrett who did that. All right. Of course, Garrett might have check-raises with aces and kings on this kind of a board. I would think he gets more value out of them, though, by just betting, like, overall, from an EV point Yeah, perhaps. I'm sure from his point of view, he needs to have some check-raises there, too, right, for balance. He's yeah. going to have other give-ups and checks. and so, so he needs to have some of that. But I would guess he doesn't have that much. I'm a little surprised Daniel doesn't deny equity to what looks like ace-king now. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel also could bet here and then check turns and or rivers, you know, and, like, not have to pay, pay three streets. I guess by checking, he also only has to pay two streets. But now other cards can come that, like, are often we're going to see overcards to our tens at some point, and we're not going to know what to do, right? So the benefits are we don't get check shove done, which maybe we're just, like... That is good. We probably have to fold against a check shove. Maybe. Like, it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. I mean, like, at best case, we're dealing with two overs and diamonds, which we are losing to equity-wise. Yes. Yeah. That seems correct. Um, so unless, unless he is, like, 6-7 suited and loses his mind. Sure. I guess that's possible. Yeah. So if we don't want to deal with that situation, checking is a good way to not deal with that. Correct. We can also capture bluffs later. Maybe Garrett's giving up because he's like, oh, this isn't the flop for me. But if Daniel checks back, maybe Garrett's like, oh, you've got his queen and his king sure. a lot, so I'm going to take a shot. You know? Yeah. And Nirano can capture a little value that way. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I think that's got to be part of it. Is yeah. you're, you're inducing to some degree. But, you know, sometimes you induce right into your own fold. Like, a king comes on the turn. Yep. Garrett's like, I guess that's my card. And he bets. And we like, I don't know. Can we really call? I mean, that's all part of the overall strategy that's going to happen sometimes. Yes, of course. Of course it is. It just sort of sucks when we can win this $90,000 pot right now, you know, with yep. the bet, or at least some of the time. I'm pretty sure we would win it, as it turns out right here. But we can deny equity or charge him. Yep. You know, it's surprising me that Daniel doesn't bet. But I, I do think these are reasonable points is why you might check. Well, he does. Yeah. Still 82500 in the pot. Okay. Turn is the five of clubs. It's the third five. Hey. If the board wasn't polar enough for you already, hey, buddy? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh. Oh, baby. Yeah. All right. It would be very tempting in Garrett's seat to take a shot now with just ace high, right? Like, I mean, what are we, what are we repping? We're repping, hey, you have ace, king, or ace, queen, and now you're going to fold. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, Daniel might call with ace, king. He might fold ace, queen. Yeah. But if we bet, he might think like, okay, we have a, Garrett has a lot of ace, king. Yeah. But I have ace, queen, and do I really want to turn this into a whole thing, right? Right. Because sometimes Garrett probably also has aces and kings, right? At least yeah. sometimes. He's going to have some overpairs. He has to have some. Yeah. Which um, is what he would be repping, obviously, if he bet. Yeah. So you want to check again? You want to continue to give up? I think we decided to give up. I, I think we're probably just giving up here. It is, I mean, Daniel checking back. If I'm surprised Daniel checks back to tens, though. So I would think when Daniel checks back, there's kind of a green light there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like two, we may, Again, it may take two streets to do this, maybe, but feels like going to be successful. All right, I don't want to give up. Let's go. No, says Garrett. What? He checks. What about the Fast and the Furious? Uh, he did see it, but he doesn't remember everything about it. Yeah. And he's like, which one was the sister? I can't. They're all fucking and stuff. But Not who, all of them. But some of them are. The one with the long hair is the sister. Yeah, sure. And she's doing stuff. Yeah. I think. Is she one of them? Or is she just like... The wife of somebody, but also the sister of somebody. But yes. is she actually she one of the? Is she also one of the drivers? I can't remember because they're always going so fast. Sometimes it's hard right. to tell who's driving. Also, they seem so angry. So yeah. much. they're going very quickly, and they seem so angry. And it feels like the fate of the world is in their hands. And and somehow they went from being television thieves to the television thieves. Like, they in, they the, in the first TVs. Fast and the Furious, they yeah. were stealing DVD players yeah. and TVs, and in the 
And they're like top government agents who fly cars in space and, and dis- yeah. disrupt terrorist plots now. That's a normal arc, though, yeah. for, for these kinds of things. Uh, so Garrett's thinking about all that. <laughs> He's like, wouldn't a better name for, those, for that whole movie series be like The Quick and the Angry? I yeah. feel like I would have seen that. I would have seen more of that. Yeah. yeah. Quick and the Angry 7. I'm in. Yeah. I guess The Quick and the Dead kind of ruins it. All right. Garrett's thinking that. That's all I'm saying. All right. So here we are. He might not have, ac- he might not have checked on purpose. He might have been thinking about Fast and the Furious. He's like, oh, no. Oh, my hand hit the fells. <laughs> Good luck too- getting a read on me now, Negranu. Yeah. Yeah. It's GTO. Um, all right. Here's something that also happens. Negranu checks back again. I mean, wow. Now it feels like Daniel is really going for... Bluff catch. Bluff catch slash worried about game theory disaster bets, right? Yeah. He's like, Garrett's betting all over pairs now. Even if he had a small over pair, he's betting it. He's betting all pairs now. Yeah. Doesn't he have to? Uh, so now I'm just definitely ahead, and he's got six outs at best against me, you would think as Negranu, right? I think the plan while checking can work out sometimes. I think my plan in this spot might be to bet like $12,000. To induce? Yeah. Like, I'm never folding, mm-hmm. no matter what Garrett does, and I get to deny some equity if he decides just to give up and fold. Or he can maybe he can call with... I like, don't think he can... I mean, if he's got ace-king, he's not folding. Okay, so he can call 12K, and that's that's good for me. That's Yeah, fine. that's true. Yeah, That's true. You probably bet more than 12, even. You probably bet 22 and have yeah. the same yeah. good outcome happen. Right. And you actually pick up a little fold equity, which isn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like that That's kind of cool. I like that. I like that. It's very odd for both of them to check both streets. Yep. It's super weird. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here we are. The river comes. Yeah. It is the six of spades. Okay. So the board is three, five, 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 six. Yep. The suits don't matter because there's three fives and yeah. there's no flush anyway. Yep. Um, 82,500 still in the pot, all preflop. Of course... You guys know what happens, obviously. Obviously. Garrett, like, there's only one play here. <laughs> right. Which is for Garrett to move in for 180K. He's going to move in for 2x the pot here. Real what? money. What the, what the hell? <laughs> Explain. I think I know what's happening, but I don't know why he chooses this sizing. So it seems to me like he's like, Daniel's got ace-king or ace-queen yeah. all day here. And he's going to bluff catch, probably. If I bet too small, he's going to call. He loves to call. Um, I'm obviously losing to his entire range, right? Yeah. But I can get almost all of that range to fold. The range that goes check, check on turn and, uh, flop and turn usually will fold to a pretty big bet on the river. That's reasonable. I just don't know why he's choosing all of it. Why not bet 100K if you want to overbet the pot? Isn't that going to have the same impact? Why not bet, by the way, 60K? Is Ace King really going to call 60K? Maybe he's like, it's Negrano. He might. Yeah. Okay, let's go 105 then. Well, I don't know why we have to put in 179 here. Just why risk that extra 75,000? I just don't know what we get out of it. Like, do we get 75,000 worth of fold equity more? I don't think we do. Probably not. Is Garrett repping aces? Yes. Yeah. Clearly, right? Aces and kings, probably. The thing is, though, what is he hoping to get called by if he had aces and playing it this way? He's hoping Daniel has a hand like tens and check checked. I mean, why would you believe that? Yeah, that's fair. That's he's fair. trying to get if he has aces, he's trying to get Daniel supposedly to make this crazy hero call with ace high, which come on. Daniel's not gonna call with ace king here. It's not a very good story. This is a terrible story. Although it probably works against ace king and ace queen. I think it does. I think it does. Like I just said, like Daniel's yeah. not, so maybe he's like, I don't care about the story. All I need to do is follow that ace king here. That's all that's like ace king and ace queen is what Daniel has almost yeah. entirely. Who cares about the rest of it? Yep. I just don't, I still don't know why we need to bet this much to do that. That's I, all. I hear you. Bet 110. Save save seventy thousand dollars. I don't know. I'm that guy. You know, let's save that seventy k every time it doesn't work. And it looks slightly more. It looks slightly less desperate than yeah. the shove, which I, has got to be that, good. I definitely hear you. Um. All right. Well, the runner doesn't have ace king or ace queen, right? And it's pretty transparent. Is this just an easy call with tens? I think it is. Like, if we think about our range, like where are we in our distribution? I mean, geez, we're high up that plays it this way. Yeah, I mean, Negrano probably plays aces like this sometimes. Sometimes, and maybe even, I mean, all the way to the river sometimes, but not very often. Kings, not that often. Even queens probably bet sometimes, and maybe even five bet a tiny bit. Maybe not. Maybe like maybe he has no five betting range. Yeah. But even if he plays queens just like this, 100% of the time, this is the third best hand we can show up with, mostly, with a little bit of aces and kings in there, right? This is just an easy call. We have so much ace-king, so much ace-queen comparatively. Do you think that this is a better hand to call with than kings? Because we block, we don't, we unblock ace-king? Yeah. I don't know that Garrett would really do this with ace-king, except Trying to, to get, get him off the chop, exactly. right? Exactly. Why would he bet so much to get him? Oh, why is he betting so much yeah. anyway? I don't understand. Um, is it a better hand than Kings? That's a really interesting question. 
I, I don't know if it is because maybe Garrett can have queens and jacks sometimes. Maybe, I mean, but you would really think you would protect those more likely than a hand like aces. I would think that. I would think that. But but you do unblock pretty severely, yeah. right? Like ace-king, instead of there being 16 combos, there's eight combos. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, I'm actually not sure what I'd rather have. How about you? Do you feel strongly about this? No. Mm. I was just... It was just a thought that crossed yeah. my mind. I mean, queens would be the same thing in some ways, right? Yeah. Where he really could have ace-queen, uh, and we'd, we'd be blocking that. So is Jax, like, the best? So by, maybe Jax is theory, the best possible. By this theory, Jax is the best to have. And then, ace, and then tens is the second yeah. best, right? Because even... I'm mean, Not that we're going to have pocket aces here, but... But if we had aces, that's better. Of course it yeah. is, right? Who cares if we block stuff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, now we're only losing to 666, right? And, and some weird quad And fives. sometimes we chop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's such a weird... It's, I think it's a really terrible story um, told against a really good player who is going to see through it. One, is not afraid of losing this money. Two, c- likes to call three and has the kind of hand that when, when, he, when, when he's in this part of his range, he's going to call every time. I don't think Garrett was targeting a hand like no, that. No, I don't think so. so I think- to, So to give Garrett credit, like... This is going to work against yeah. Ace King, Ace Queen. It's just he just doesn't need to size it this big. Yep, I think Garrett was like, I don't care if the story's any yeah. good, like you said. But it turns out Daniel had a very underrepped hand, which is also part of why he should call. Yes, um, not just distribution, but also underrepped. And of and course, if they're if they were chopping in this spot, Garrett actually had Ace King, and so did Daniel. Yeah, Daniel's not going to call right because right. it costs too much to call for half the pot. Right, which is maybe part of the thought too. Again, I think we could probably bet eighty, ninety, a hundred and get the same outcome. I will say one other thing about this bet, which maybe makes it a little bit better for Garrett, is it's possible. I see him doing this sometimes on the Hustler Live Casino stream, um, or whatever it's called. He likes making these huge overbets on the river, mm-hmm. and so this is just like part of that bigger image, the meta game thing that he's doing. And so, yeah, it's going to be a super weird bluff he's going to have once in a while, a bad story, and sometimes he's going to really have it and do the same, th- you know, monster two x the pot, three x the pot on the river. And so then maybe it fits into a greater strategy, which it doesn't matter that it doesn't work as well here. Perhaps, yeah, yeah that could be the case. And yeah. Grano ends up calling pretty quickly. Yeah, he just has to. So right? this one didn't work out for Garrett. It's a very strangely played hand. By both players, really, but mostly by Garrett. I mean, the grinder not betting the turn, at least, is a little odd. Though. Yeah, it, it is. is. It is. But hey, that's he won a huge pot. He so. did win a huge pot. Now, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, that we're not having any solver work done on this. We are not. Yeah, that's correct, because we're doing the fast turnaround due to the... We don't have time the, to uh, get it out. Yeah, yeah, we don't have time to get it out to the solvers, get it back and do, do the analysis. So, so no, no solver here. But normally we'll have that, just we can't do it this time, because we want to be timely. Right, because of the whole... Cheating scandal. Everyone cheating. Yeah, all that stuff. Sucks. Yeah. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the crown. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.